times I feel old like I'm going out of style So I turn down the music on my FM dial I beg of you to come and listen for a while And look at this wonderful world through the eyes of a child what is going on, Beards and Brodies? You are listening to The Summit State of Mind, the podcast from Dream Shakes and Stepbacks and everything Houston Rockets. I am your host, Kenny, and with me is my brother, my tag team partner, the GM, Justin. And if you have been living under a rock for the past, oh, I don't know, maybe an hour or two? No, I wasn't even going to say like six hours. The past like six and a half hours. Six and a half hours. Or if you decided to sleep in. Oh, you know, uh, it's 8 a.m. I'm tired. I'm gonna, I have a day off. I'm going to sleep in till what, 5.30? We're recording this, 5.35. You wake up and you're seeing this, you know, crazy, crazy shifting, you know, shifting events of the NBA especially from the Houston Rockets front. GM, I just have to ask you how you feel uh, with, with everything that happened. We're going to dive into it, but after everything that's happened today, it's, all the news. It's nice to see that we have some form of glimmer of hope, especially after the, um, the exit of Adaro Mori. But the fact now that we actually have a face to pin to the franchise that will lead the next generation of the Rockets, this iteration with a James and a Westbrook. So... Um, I'm very excited. I, like I said from the pre, from the coaching preview podcast, I wanted somebody that was fresh, that had no prior experience head coaching, and someone that was can p- possibly change things up yeah, around here. Because we didn't, right. I didn't want somebody that had a ton of experience. As much as we would have loved it, the selection was very bare. You wanted somebody. Um, you didn't want somebody that we already knew what they would bring to the table. You know, yeah, well, like, Van, yeah, well, like, what a Van Gundy was. Who was the other finalist? Obviously, and it was, I think, for for what had we seen today, especially this morning, um, because we need to talk about this obviously in, in chronological order, and we need to you know break down what's happening. L- let's preface by saying though that a few a few weeks ago, Daryl Morey had decided to step down. Yeah, step down as the as the uh, GM, general manager of operations here for the city of Houston for the Rockets. And for the reason being saying that he wanted to spend more time with his family. That was the that was the excuse for not wanting to, you know, come back another year. Yeah. You alluded to me right after he left saying that you thought that there was more to it than that. Can you elaborate on that, GM? That there was you th- that you knew that there was that there was more to this story than, you know, than what meets the eye. So as what, with the Mori exit? As the Mori exit. Can you oh, explain absolutely. explain to um, the Beards and Brodies? There's a multitude of things that collapsed that happened at the beginning of the year until the exit now. Um, it all started um, – this even preceded the beginning of this season. It had to do with the Russell Westbrook trade. The Russell Westbrook trade was the first domino to fall that we knew that it seemed like the writing was on the wall – the writing was on the wall for Daryl Morey yeah. because that trade was not a Morey trade. That was obviously a Fertitta trade in the sense of trying to bring something that could make excitement. They were already tired of Chris Paul. We can blame the Chris Paul-James Harden feud, but if this guy's really wanted to make it work, they would have made yeah, it work. Yeah, they would have absolutely they made, made it work. It work. Yep. But you can tell that Fertitta was very adamant about sending out CP3 because his investment, quote unquote, because he doesn't view him as a person, his investment is beaten down, won't be as effective. Yeah. So um, that's step one. Step two was in the preseason when Maury had to had to do the support Hong Kong issue. Mm-hmm. Um, we might. I don't want to make it too political, but in that sense, it it 
it didn't also just affect the Rockets. It affected the NBA. In that matter, because of his support, China decided, no, we will not show the Rockets are banned forever. The NBA, we're not going to show them anymore. Yep. So when the bottom line is affected, um, then everything changes. So the way the season went on and the Rockets' exit, it just seemed like even if the Rockets won the championship, Maury was gone. And... What? Yeah, from the looks of it, yeah. Yes. So once the bottom line is is affected for the NBA and the Rockets itself, it seemed more and more likely that Fertitta didn't want to support him. He wanted to distance himself from Maury because of the politicalness. And then yeah. you could probably I, I'm not I'm not gonna say that the commissioner had a, a big hand in pushing out Maury, but when money is being lost, revenue yeah. For everybody. Million, and, and millions and millions of dollars. I heard hundreds, yes. almost like hundreds of millions of dollars were were, lost. were obviously lost because of the fact that also China being the biggest international market outside the United States. Yep. Especially with corporate with Yao Ming, obviously. So that must have also created a riff and such issues with Houston kind of being the lead franchise in terms of, you know, because you had Yao Ming, mm-hmm. you had Jeremy Lin. Yep. You're, you know, China was probably the biggest backer for for you know nba and especially for the rockets as yep. ambassadors yep so you can only imagine how big of a deal that was and and we didn't want to think that the days were numbered but kind of the way everything's played out now and now that we're uh now that we've seen everything play out the way it did i mean you have to believe that this whole thing was manifested and basically thought about before you know it wasn't just like a rash it wasn't a last second decision oh, okay now i want to quit and spend time with my family no yes. this was Probably a year in advance was yeah. probably like, all right, we're going to give you one year. Yeah. You know, and win it, a title now. And it or seemed else, like, yeah. you know, Maury just didn't want to be under that pressure. And I mean, I get it. I mean, and then the fact that today we found out that Maury got hired to lead basketball operations in Philadelphia. Yeah. It, it news broke. The Woj yes. bomb broke at 1145 uh, Central Time. And Daryl Maury was in advance talks to become the new president of operations so even beyond gm uh even beyond becoming a general manager now he is the president of operations he's basically um pat riley yeah basically. he's basically pat riley so he's a step above what he was here and on top and on top of all of that you have it, it was reported also that they had been in talks for several days mm-hmm. so this was even this wasn't just out of the blue this was yeah. this has been manifested now for the last several days so GM, I have to ask you now, with everything that we've seen from what has happened a few weeks ago to when Maury left to now, now the excuse was, the original excuse was obviously I want to spend time with my family, which was a bullshit excuse. How does that make the franchise look in Houston? And now Daryl Maury is, you know, given the keys to Philly to run that squad however he sees fit. Seems like he won't have to answer to anybody. Maybe not even the owner. Maybe Daryl will have free reign to yeah. do what he wants to do. They gave him a 5-year contract along with Doc Rivers. Yep. Him and match. Doc, 5-year yep. 5-year contract each. Apparently those two had a great working re- those two have a great relationship as well. Maybe not working obviously. Now it's working. Well, I mean, they were together yeah. in Boston. Yeah. Went before Maury was hired. I don't recall how many years Doc was there before they won the titles, maybe one or two with Maury. So maybe but, one or two years, yeah. But um, you know, they obviously there's some working there. Um yeah. they've talked multiple occasions, I believe. They even Rivers talked talked about 
potentially coaching the Rockets at one point. In time, yes. I well, even beyond that, GM, mm-hmm. la- I, I, there were rumblings last year. No, no, no. Two years ago, during the 2018 Philly, or 2019, right? yeah, right yes. before he signed the contract extension to join us, he was flirting already with Philly. So yeah, I think I think the the thing about that is is that Maury is going to a team that is willing to spend and willing to go into the luxury tax, deeper pockets to allow him to win. And so in that in that matter, for these Rockets now, it's like it makes us as a franchise look terrible. It made us for a good let's see from eleven forty five up until four. To like four o'clock, we were the we were the butt, and if you're on Twitter, we were the butt of all jokes for the last like maybe five or six hours. You know, basically because of the fact that I will forever say this now, and I don't know, and I know the GM probably feels the same way as I do, but Tillman Fertitta, I blame less for giving him the keys. Mm-hmm. Because he chose to sell it to him yep. when there were probably other owners that probably could have done it, that probably could have paid for it or wanted to pay for it. Yeah. And then on top of that, like, I mean, come on, he needed, he borrowed two hundred million from less just to buy the team. You took out a loan to buy the team. That's already got to have some red flags there. And now you're the sole owner. You didn't ask for any minority owners. You didn't ask for any, you know, you didn't do a conglomerate. You didn't do anything. You bought it outright. Mm-hmm. Now you're reaping what you sow. You, you're, you know, his whole book, shut up and listen, bullshit. <laughs> now on top of all, now on top of all that, what's happened since he got hired? We won those 65 games from when, after he got hired. Now what happened? We lost Chris Paul. We lost Mike D'Antoni. We lost Daryl Morey. And for God's sakes, we lost Trevor Ariza. People won't stop talking about that. You really wanted to run it back. You pay that man. You pay that, right? I'm just saying, like, you pay that man, He wasn't going to pay the luxury tax. He wasn't going to pay the luxury tax. And so I'm just adding on to what you're saying, too, because Mm -hmm. you're saying that you feel like, you know, Philadelphia is going to want to spend that money for Morey when Fertitta clearly was not going to do it. I just want to ask you what your opinion is now on Tillman Fertitta. After what's happened, we'll talk about the Steven Silas hire, obviously, after this, but I want to ask you real quick what your full opinion is now on Tillman. Do you feel as strongly as I do? Um, I'm not going to say as strongly. I do, but I do think that Tillman is someone that will get in his own way. He'll believe that he knows more than everyone else business-wise because he's a successful businessman. I don't even know if I want to go by successful anymore. But, I mean, you know— in, in like there's everything that we've seen like from from move to move there's a motive there is yeah. to save money he's yeah. not willing to put put up or shut up to give us it was like i mean there were so many guys that we probably could have brought in but he didn't do it you were at the and i think that's what the most infuriating thing is for me because he was at the cusp of a championship you know literally you know what the saying goes the hamstring away yeah and you chose not to run it back you chose not to add pieces you chose not to basically help your team you know get to that next level it just goes to show that you know he says he'll say it he'll say it till the day he dies and as long as he's the owner of this team he'll continue saying I want to win a championship. I'm going to win a championship no matter what. That's the number one thing I want. We're willing to pay the luxury tax. I mean, for God's sakes, a week ago he said, I'm willing to pay the, uh, the, the, 
the luxury MLE. Like, I'll pay that. I'll pay that to, to get a title. And I'm like, it's all talk. And you know, the, the yeah, that, and that's the sad thing is that everyone on Twitter, all the Rockets media members are like rolling their eyes. They're like, okay, Tillman. All right, here we go. Like, and he's only been the owner for, gosh, this is the third year. This is third year. So and he's turned this whole franchise around. And it's like, and not it, in a good way. It doesn't <laughs> seem like it's trending well. Um, Europe's really saying this nicely. Like I, ex- I thought you'd, I thought you'd be a lot more venomous on this situation. <laughs> well, I mean, like the thing about this is that this is out of our control. I hate to to use the whole philosophical thing, but the thing that, like, I guess for me and my vision is more so. I'm upset, but I'm still grateful for what we got because I don't know how many people would kill to be in the position to have a James Harden. So yeah, it, to course, be to be us, it's more so perspective do you never know maybe silas is the one that turns us around i mean but that's neither here nor there what we're talking about right here is the support of tillman and the moves that he's made to make it seem like that he's all in but in reality he's not so they're just to me it just seems like he just doesn't care he seems more of like an owner of the texans where the Texans ownership believes in the bottom line dollar for them. They don't have to build a championship team because they know that the money will come in. Which I, find hel- which I find hilarious. Though. I don't mean to cut you off, but which I find hilarious because, yeah, I mean, that's fair. 16 game season, 16 game season, eight, eight game season. Texans consistently sell out. They sell out every year. When in actuality in Toyota Center, I mean, that's not the same market. Exactly. That market and is then weak. That's why I'm, in my eyes, I'm just like, this is not. Yeah, it's not conducive to any sort of success. Absolutely not. Um, if you want the team to go over the top, you got to be willing to go over the top, and you don't. The thing is, you don't um, go over the top by being cheap or penny pinching. Um, when it yeah. comes to basketball, you have to go over. You have to. You have to take that risk. And at this point in time, it doesn't seem like he was willing to because he didn't even want to be in the repeater tax. The goal every year is what it seems like is to get under the luxury tax by the deadline. And it works every year. So I don't know. I do want to give you a statistic real quick before we move on. I remember seeing a statistic saying that uh, the payroll of every team that has won a title has – I think has hit was has hit the luxury tax mm-hmm. or has gone beyond I would that. Say so. Yeah. So the Raptors, obviously, the year before uh, this year, being the Lakers, obviously they went over. Um, the Golden State Warriors, which they had hit the luxury tax, obviously they were, they were over almost every year. Yeah, they were over almost every year. So, yeah. I mean, it just kind of goes to show that if you if you want to win, you you got to have the moolah. You got to you got to be willing to spend. Raptors went all in that one year. Yeah, maybe they owe money. Maybe yeah. it's tough for them. But hey, they have a championship. They 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 will always have the 2019 NBA championship who, in their back who, pocket. Who Tillman no needs what. to call to be a his to, in ownership. He needs two people. Ghostbusters. Oh, sorry. No, he needs the million dollar man. Ha 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 ha. Monday, 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 Monday. Everybody's got a price. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we need, he need he needs Ted to be Aussie. And needs the maybe Jerry Ma- dealing jet fine. Oh, Woo. <laughs> I thought you were asking for Jerry Maguire. Show me the money. <laughs> if only, if only. I would, I would have to agree in that sense. I would have to agree, GM. I feel like if Ted DiBiase was the owner of the was the owner of the Rockets, not only would we be in great position, but I feel like we'd have Ric Flair and we would have Virgil as our uh, as our what do you call that as our advisors. And I feel like nothing could be <laughs> and, and, and I feel like, and I feel like Ted DiBiase would like he would uh, he'd be able to coax 
other GMs for better players by, yeah. by putting money in their pockets. Absolutely. You know? Well, he'd offer them the 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 money. The what is it? The the, the money championship. Belt. The billion. The million. Yeah, the billion dollar belt. The one that the yeah. ring. The one that ringmaster wore. Exactly. <laughs> if Ted DiBiase was there, man. If he only had him, the Rockets would be on fire. God damn. Game changer. If only. If only. <laughs> If, if for my, all my wrestling aficionados, you guys would appreciate that. If you guys were watching in the you know late eighties, early nineties, <laughs> but um, so uh, moving on. So basically, Daryl Morey had signed on with Philly. Let's talk also about what who we you know who ended up coming up, which was Raphael Stone. Raphael Stone, who has been with this organization for as long as Maury has, or around the same time. Let me give a brief history for people who just don't know. Raphael Stone is a lawyer. Initially, he was brought up as a lawyer. He was a lawyer from his uh, mid-20s to late-20s. He had a prominent job. He had a prominent job offer, which he had initially accepted, to work on New York's biggest law firm, which shows how big of a deal he was going to be. He was lined up to have a comfortable living, having a great job, probably making millions of dollars uh, working in New York's biggest and best law firm. I mean, come on, it's New York City. I mean, you can't ask for anything better than that. Then someone from the Rockets came a-knocking on his door. He's always had a passion in basketball, so they offered him a job, but they offered him a job in the one of the lowest-ranking positions possible. Here, you know, Raphael Stone, here you go. You can put your foot in the door, but you're not going to get paid to what you're getting paid right, right now in New York with your law firm, and on top of that, you're going to start at the bottom of the totem pole, and you're going to work your way up. Yeah. Not only did he get, not only did he quit that law firm job to join the Houston Rockets, he chose to lose out on all that money because his passion passion is basketball so once he joined that once he joined the houston rockets he became in a way not the right hand man for daryl morey but he was always in the war rooms he got brought up with daryl he was in the war room when they got when they got the trade for james harden he gave his opinion he did talk he did talk about that and then he was also there during all the big draft picks obviously for clint capella and then fast forwarding to 2017 when we traded for chris paul he was actually one of the one of the advisors and one of the people that had talked to morey about you know getting the deal done he was one of the biggest backers behind the chris paul trade um and then fast forwarding obvious to now so he's paid his dues Mm -hmm. he deserves the shot i do believe that he's a brand new gm and uh and while i say all this jim i want to ask i want to ask the gm what he thinks of the new gm of this new era of uh of stoneball (laughs) sounds uh sounds heavy and and not very offensive centric at all Stoneball. It sounds like very, it sounds very old school. Actually, sounds uh, very man. painful if you're a guy. Yeah, <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not sure. I mean, he's he's certainly got the stones to get you know to get to the bucket. Oh yes, maybe he could. Maybe he, maybe he could hire the Rock as well. They could be or Rock maybe and Stone. He, he can hire Mick Jagger because he's rolling with the stones. Oh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, we'll call the stone. <laughs> yeah I, I was trying to think of a counter, and I was like, man, I got nothing. <laughs> Yeah, your, I was your, like, your, your boy's all in. Stone. I got nothing. Unless you, have, you got to go call our boy Fred because we're going to go down to the Flintstones. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> well, I guess I got to call Cheech and Chong because we're about to get stoned. Uh, but I just want to ask you what your opinion is on, on Raphael Stone. I only knew this by re- – I had to research and look honestly, all this up. Honestly, I know nothing. Um, yeah. What I can tell you is basically what you said in the trust of um, the whole um, – department itself that stone is basically around there with maury so basically maury is basically like a his guide his yoda per, excuse me per se in that sense so 
what we can say about Raphael Stone is if he had a hand in Capella, Chris Paul, and even tri- even like getting other guys like Trez Harrell, yeah, you know, drafting Patrick drafting Beverly, Trez Harrell, yep. getting, getting Pat Beverly a, in know, Europe, you yeah. know, getting um, a Lou Williams in that trade with LA, yeah, back drafting in the Chandler day, Parsons, you know, those if, if he's able to get those guys that like have an idea. On how to build this team, then we we have no choice but to trust him. Obviously, we don't know, but I'm okay with that because yeah. Mori was the same way. And if they think very similarly, I'm okay with running with that. It might be better to have a fresh face. And you know, Mori was tired of probably talking to Tillman, and it was just time for him to move on. You know, and we all sometimes yeah. need re- like you say, like you need a refresher course, like Brad Lidge to Philly. He needed yeah. that. Yeah, and yeah. and and that's true, and you know, even you can even argue, you know, Chris Paul from going to the Clippers to come to Houston and yep. getting all the success, finally getting out of the second round. I just, you know, it was very, it was very different when I got it, but I have to also think about it, like, you know, Tillman wanted to save money by obviously getting Raphael Stone, so he got Raphael Stone for this purpose. And on top of that, when Maury was hired, like, and he became the GM, people didn't think anything of him. Who is this chubby? nerd trying trying to bring analytic trying to bring moneyball which yeah. was famous in oakland and mm-hmm. trying to make it a thing in houston like who's this nerd you know what i mean like no one knew who he was except for the guy that maybe worked for the celtics and then they even said it in the uh they even said it in the documentary they said that he was known the most his most his most athletic form was that he was a top 100 player in ping pong in his own age group yep like that's it that's literally all he is so this is i I'm going to believe in this. I'm always glass half full. And I'm going to believe that a man who grew up in the system that Daryl Morey had, you know, created. Maybe it's good. And also, one more point before we move on. I remember rival GMs have gotten really tired of talking to Morey. Because yes. Morey has been fleecing and swindling since he, got, since he came here. So, maybe a fresh face is new. And maybe a fresh face is a good thing. It's better relationships. Um that's sometimes it's necessary but more he probably ran people down like he wore them down and yeah. that was something that probably was not good he usually got the best uh out of each trade yeah respectfully yeah but yeah sometimes you have to you know when you build relationships you got there's some give yeah and so for mori there was no giving it was all taking and i'm not ashamed of that at all no, and that's that's who he was, and that's you know it's so funny though when I when I negotiate my our rentals on the basketball court, I, I'm very I'm very steadfast. Like I'm I'm I think I I think I annoy people. <laughs> I think I annoy the owners because <laughs> I'm always like, all right, you know when it, it's funny when you, that's why it's just random. But this just popped in my head. I was like, yeah, this is how I am when I you know find courts. I'm like, all right, how is it? Is it good? You're gonna have a scoreboard. You know, it's just stuff like that. Like I'm very steadfast. With what I want, so I can I can. I can understand that to a degree on how I mean, more you know you have. Certain, I can wear down. People, exactly, people. you have a checklist that you want to check off. Exactly, you want to get everything that you want. Exactly, totally you want to get it done properly. Yeah, exactly. So, let's go ahead and move on now from that. So, Daryl Morey had left. So let's go work the timeline. Daryl Morey leaves the Houston Rockets. Raphael Stone gets promoted, and then this morning, right before noon, Daryl Morey gets hired by the Philadelphia 76ers. Uh, we obviously said earlier that we became the joke. We were the joke of a franchise. He, you know, people were saying, even Clutch fans was saying that how how ridiculous is this? We've been without a coach since September. Daryl Morey's been literally gone f- from us for like a week, and he gets hired mm-hmm. before we hire a freaking coach. So. 
Rocket's obviously at least the save face needed to do something. Yeah. You can kind of tell that once that... I, I felt like a hire was going to be made today. Because I was like, in my head, I was like, man, they cannot... Rockets cannot take... this. Cannot keep getting shot on like this. They are going to become like the Knicks, like a joke of a franchise. They need to do something. Mm-hmm. So let's go ahead and talk about that now at, you know, at uh, four o'clock or a little bit before four o'clock. Uh, Steven Silas, the architect of the Dallas offense last year, history making offense, is now the new head coach of the Houston Rockets. And the GM just sat up. He's ready. He's drinking his water. He's getting prepped. He's getting big time here. Oh, yeah. Ripping off the stash. Let's go, GM. You got a lot to say. I know you do because you, you just sat you sat up for this moment. So I want to ask you, GM, just off the top, we didn't speak in particular. We didn't. He wasn't a particular subject in the coaching search, but he he was talked about amongst you and me. We have talked about him. Mentioned so I want to ask very minimally. Yeah, but he was someone that was mentioned in the possible hirings and like probably the top five. Yes, yes, we didn't. We just choices. didn't go into depth on him yeah. as much. So, so you know, go ahead and can you just? I want you to school. You know, I'll add on to it too, but I want you to kind of school people because I mean, hell, even in our in our group chat, Jay was like, you know, the young bucket was like, who? <laughs> you know, yeah. it's like that. It's like so yeah. the 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 naked eye, the average NBA fan will have no clue who Stephen Silas is. Can you tell our tell our breeds and Brodies who Stephen Silas is? Stephen Silas is the he's been an assistant coach for twenty years. His father is Paul Silas. He was a coach in Charlotte from way back in the day. He was one of the oldest head coaches. Ever with Muggsy, right? No, it oh, was, was it after like Muggsy? um, Baird Davis Ooh. in Charlotte. Oh, like B. Yes. Diddy, yes. Desmond Mason, you know, post Alonzo Morning time, uh, or I mean, sorry, awesome. post Larry Johnson, yeah, um, post Grandma. It was when they were decent, but they weren't anything great. Okay, um, yeah, yeah. It was his, his initially started out as a scout and then he became an assistant. Okay, um, but from there. You know, he moved on. He was there in the last the last year of Chris Paul. I mean, the very first year of Chris Paul, he was there. Chris Paul's rookie year in Charlotte. And the next year, he moved on to Golden State, initially as a scout, then an assistant. And yeah. as Golden State, we all know, that was also a Baron Davis-centric um, squad that, like we said in the last podcast, beat Dallas as the eighth seed. So he was a member of that. So we got he's had success in many different areas. And then he went from there um back to Charlotte. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He know? went there back to Charlotte, yeah. And then he got to, you know, he cause what did you say? He was he coached up Kemba Walker. Yeah, he they they were yeah. saying that he had coached uh Kemba Walker as well as like he he's a like a like a guard guru. That's yes. what he said. Because he's worked with Luka Doncic, he's worked with Kemba Walker, he's worked with Steph Curry when he was when he was younger, yeah. and now you now you're basically putting him, you're pairing him with Harden and Westbrook. Yes, and and the thing that I like about that is it might unlock something else for a James or a Russ. I mean, look what he did with Luka in such a short amount of time, and Luka was obviously a world renowned talent, but I think without Silas, Luka may not have the same amount of success. And the good thing about Silas being an assistant that his probably his sole focus was the offense and um, coaching up the quarterback of that whole offense in Luka Doncic. So the fact that last year they were basically the number one efficient offense in NBA history showcases what he can possibly do. 
And the fact that Luka Doncic is already on this level of where he's possible MVP, when we already have someone who is an MVP in James Harden, um, it it brings out a lot of different possibilities of things that can happen for the Rockets. And the thing about that is that it's just so exciting. Like I said, there's something new, a fresh face. We don't have any expectations, you know, like there's nothing that we don't, we don't know what he brings to the table as a head coach. And I really like the fact that they brought him in as a first timer. Um, He's obviously highly respected. And then there are names that they're supposed to bring in as assistants. Like you said, yeah, former head coaches, Hornacek, McMillan, both rocket killers in Utah and Seattle respectively. And then you said another guy who wants to come back. Yes. Yes. Skip, skip. To Malu, yes. So apparently there was a report by Kelly Iko saying that Ray for Alston he got interviewed saying that he wants to be a coach in the NBA and he wants to come on and he wants to come back to the Rockets in any capacity. So he could be a player developmental coach. Yeah. You know, he doesn't need to be an assistant. Obviously, I really liked the mind of Rafer though. I thought Rafer had a really sharp mind as an NBA player. So I, in my head, I always thought I always thought you know what he'd actually make a great assistant coach in the yeah, future. I mean, and and the, the great thing about this is it brings us all full circle. Granted, our last last pod was about 2007 and a lot of things are coming back around a lot and of things are coming back it's around kind of which crazy is funny yeah that how it's all worked out yeah how how um, ser- how serendipitous i know it's fantastic it's a little it's a little, <laughs> it's a little crazy but um you know it, it's, just, it's just a lot happening and this hire you know the thing that we've noticed especially with james harden here as our best player is to unlock him as an offensive player we don't know, dude. You know what we've seen every year from James. He's just evolved and evolved and evolved. Every and single. And maybe Silas will evolve him one more time, and will add different wrinkles to what already was in a dynamic offense. Um, you know, it's just like changing up little things here and there. It's like trying to dust up the corners, trying to um, work on the minute details. I don't think though. I do. I don't think that they'll go small ball anymore. I don't think so. I either. don't think it'll be maybe like like we said maybe in doses like in 2017 2018. Mm-hmm. But I think now that you know D'Antoni and Mori are gone, I don't think you're going to see as at strong strong emphasis on the three and D. I think that you will see probably a little. Hopefully, you'll see a little bit more of an unlocked mid range. Maybe James Harden can you know like you said maybe he can bring Harden to another level, evolve him into another form. Maybe he can. Unlock his mid-range again. Not only that, but maybe take it a step further. Maybe he can incorporate a few moves here and there, you know, a couple of offensive sets that will, you know, help people get into the mid-range because it helps in those offensive, especially in clutch moments. You said this a few episodes ago, GM. You said that while we were still in the bubble and we had surpassed the first round, you said that we were... Harden and Westbrook were dead last in terms of uh, efficiency in the uh, clutch moments, right? In yeah. percentages. Mm-hmm. So having that mid-range just kind of unlocks that and hopefully will help them in that clutch situation. That's why I thought this was actually a good hire. My first co- choice obviously was Van Gundy just because of the of the pedigree that he had already established in Houston. Mm-hmm. The defensive mindset, which I think that we needed at the end of the day. The offense, of, the offense needed to change, obviously, to a degree, but the offense wasn't particularly a huge problem. The glaring issues were obviously defensively. So, you know, on first reaction, I was like, okay, cool. Like, it's not John, you know, it's not John Lucas. That was my first reaction. I was like, like, oh my God, thank you. Thank you. It's not John Lucas. So, you know, I feel bad for Jeff Van But the more and more I'm reading this, you know, it's so crazy. Twitter, 
blew up in a positive manner. Everybody, everybody in all NBA circles, from Houston to Dallas, you know, Luka Doncic congratulated him. Everyone is saying, like, man, Houston just got better. Like, people thought that Houston was in a dark place. They see the Steven Silas hire might might be what brings them back into contention. I'm hearing so much positivity, like crazy positivity that I don't think we've ever had in a coaching hiring. Yeah. You know, you think about it, since maybe Adelman, since yeah. maybe Van Gundy in two in 2003, 2004, you know, McHale wasn't a great hire. McHale wasn't, you know, he wasn't highly touted. Um, Neither was D'Antoni. Bickerstaff in between. People were like, oh, I mean, Bickerstaff was a product of this system. You know, they're yeah. not going to think anything. You know, D'Antoni too. D'Antoni, you're right. People were saying, oh, D'Antoni wasn't a, Tony's not a good hire. Obviously, he was good for that time. Mm-hmm. He unlocked James Harden. We said this in a prior episode. But now Steven Silas, GM, this is right along your wavelength, like what you said earlier, yeah. of what you want. It's a fresh face, a new, a new coach. Someone that can bring in just something different to the table. Mm-hmm. We have that now. This yeah. is now the Silas Stone era of, of Houston sports. This sounds like a freaking law firm. Silas Stone or even a production company. Silas Stone Production. Like, yeah. I'll roll with it. <laughs> so, GM, uh, so after the Steven Silas hire, with the potential that you see in these assistants that could come, is there any other assistant that you would want to see? I personally would like someone with a more defensive mindset. Obviously, they're they're interviewing I, as we speak right now. They're they're in discussion with Horny and uh, Nate McMillan. Nate McMillan, he is a defensive coach, right? If I recall, I don't remember. To be I think honest he with was you. a. I think he's a pretty good. De- I think he was a. I think he's a good defensive coach. But is there an assistant coach or maybe a former head coach in your mind that might be a good hire that can maybe help Steven Silas come along? potentially for defensive purposes i would want a defensive coach yeah obviously but that um in that mindset i'm not too sure you'd probably want someone like a you know who did we have before that was in d'antoni that was the head of i was gonna say kelvin simpson no, but i know no. it's not well, that's mikhail that's mikhail great um yeah but the guy that was here when the rockets were just on fire in 2017 and 2018 I oh bizdelic um for one he would have been a great, you know, person to pair alongside a stylist because oh, he's, he's I been loved around. It. Absolutely, um, maybe an Elston Turner who has who went back to Houston. He was a good defensive coach uh, before too. Mm-hmm. Um, so those are names you kind of want to go on. People that have rapport in the league and understand what it takes to defend and build on the principles of you know what makes it great so that's something that i would like to see whether we actually see it who knows but in that matter we're just gonna um i don't have as much of an opinion um on that to be honest with you yeah yeah but what i do like is the fact that they went something new something we're not so sure of and there's a buttloads of potential and the fact that he's so highly respected in the league is something that bodes well for us i mean for god's sakes he's been in the league he's been coaching for 20 years yeah and it's just this despite the black eyes that is the houston rockets at this point in time this is a nice little glimmer of hope that was needed for this team and if there's anything now it's like no we got some positivity back which is what we sorely needed we lost our head coach we lost our head coach a day after the our playoffs ended, and then after and then right after that, you know what? Less than a month later, we lost Maury. Yeah, 
I mean, this has been, they have been, D'Antoni, well, for the past, you know, maybe five or six seasons, but Daryl Morey, in a way, was the face of the franchise. When you thought of the franchise, before even Harden, you know, before Harden had existed, this has all been Morey ball. Mm -hmm. It's been brought up by him. When you thought of the Rockets and you think of, you know, when you think of the Rockets and you don't think of players, did you think of Les or did you think of Morey? I thought of Morey. I thought of Morey, right? Even when Tillman came in. So this... The Maury Ball era is officially over now. So the way it ended, it just ended so crap that everyone thought, man, this is going to, man, everything is going to go to shit here. Like, we're going to be the next New York Knicks. You know, here comes James, James Dolan over here. Freaking, uh, what is it? Tillman Dolan. And he's yeah. going to run, he's going to run this team to the ground. Until, and until anyone says this, and until any, until this happens, and until Harden leaves, you run with the squad. You fully support the squad. So this is my this is my plea here to the fans or anyone that is listening and is a and is a Rockets fan thinking about jumping off the bandwagon. Because I do. I'm not going to name, but I have a few friends that have been already saying like they don't want they don't want to be a part of this Rockets organization anymore. They want to be different fans of different cities. Before you do that, before you decide to jump off the cliff and fly to another uh, to another team, we have. In our in our disposal right now, the greatest offensive player, maybe in NBA history. Mm-hmm. You have him. You still have him on our team. You just hired a young. You just hired a young offensive minded coach, a great coach, a great assistant coach at that. This may be the last year of the Harden era. I would say to hold off on jumping off the ship, and root for this team one more time. This could be the last season of Harden's career here. I'll give this two years. Two years. It would maybe. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm thinking maybe worst case scenario here. Mm-hmm. Maybe worst case scenario. So I would want to make sure that you just enjoy and back this team because with the Steven Silas hire, it goes to show that, you know, maybe there maybe Tillman is obviously trying to line up his pockets. But maybe with the Steven Silas hire you think about this, GM. Maybe as we move further into the offseason, maybe that millions of dollars he could have paid Jeff, he's going to pay towards a player. Mm-hmm. That's another thing that I'm also thinking about in the back of my head. Maybe, maybe, maybe I'm going to give Tillman one more year here. Maybe with the Steven Siles hire, you know, every time, what does what the saying go? Every time I, you know, every time I think I'm out, they pull me back in, you exactly. know? Uh, GM, real quick, we talked about this before the podcast started, but. With the possibility of having Steven Silas as a coach, you said you saw someone being signed for the MLE. Can you tell the fans here what, what, who you said, who you can see now as potentially joining the Rockets? Serge Ibaka, 100%. I feel like he's always shown an interest in reuniting with Harden, Russ, and KD. And I feel like this is his best opportunity to kind of relive that. If he takes a one, two-year deal, that's probably as good as it gets for him. And he'll be here for at least two years with a Russ and a James. And he'll and, start. Yeah. And he'll start at the five. He might be shorter than most fives, but he has the length. He's still athletic and he can hit a mid range jumper. He can also, you know, um, get all the oops from James or Russ. I still think he's a more. very underrated screener, too, if, if yes. you use him in that manner. He's a big, big, huge body. He's a big dude from the Congo. Yeah. So, you know, and I think he would really toughen up this squad alongside of PJ, you know, because we got someone who can who can beat down inside. But PJ six five. If we have a, a surge, it kind of adds a different element of toughness to this team. Absolutely. It's down low. Someone that can get above the rim as opposed to PJ keeping you on the floor. Yeah. So in that regard, I see it as a possibility. Who knows what will happen? But, you know, that's something that we can we got to keep an eye on any type of big 
that can stay that can get above the rim or can pick and pop you know some people might want someone like a who is it like like an Aaron Baines you know like he's a possibility um but Aaron, Aaron Baines fan club man he has a whole account on yeah, twitter dedicated to him. <laughs> I know and you know and th- that's that's dope but at the same time it's like I don't really know what to expect yeah, yeah we got we'll hope we'll hope for the best in this sense and everything is is getting accelerated november is going to be in a few days the draft is coming up. They're targeting December twenty second as the start of the season. That has been the rumors now so that they want to move it up. Two months. So literally less than so literally less than two months. So we are literally going to shift it into overhead, and we're going to have to really like speed up here. Mm-hmm. The draft I think is going to happen in mid November, and if I heard correctly, I think free agency is going to start at twenty four to forty eight hours after the draft. So. It's very unprecedented in that sense of how fast this is going to move. Team teams are now now it's a sense of like okay, well we had you know we had the dog days of July and August to work with. Yeah. No, you really don't. I mean now it's like okay, it's already November. Then you're going to end November. They're targeting the beginning of December to be the the training camp. So you're leaving a window of what a week or two weeks to draft and sign players. Yep, that is absolutely insane. So I I, I truly believe. That players in the back of their head, like a Serge Ibaka, is already thinking, okay, the, the this is where I want to sign. And I need to be quick. Yep. Because I need this much t- I need to spend as much time with my new team as much as possible. Yep. So, you know, players like that, players like uh even uh, you know, Thunder that's gonna be going on a fire sale, they're gonna want to trade, you know, maybe Nerlens Noel, maybe they're gonna want to trade Steven Adams away. You know, just just stuff like that. Yeah. There's all these opportunities and moving parts. So uh Beards and Brodies, if you are a big follower of the Houston Rockets or and just anything in the NBA related, it's going to be fast paced and moving. Woj and Shams are going to be working on overdrive. And the thing these that's going to be great about that is that we don't even have to spend much time like evaluating the signings and the draft. Like as soon as we're done, we're already moving on to training camp. So that's going to be great. Like it's, I feel like we don't have to harp on like ideas because it's going to happen immediately. You know, one of those things where you get immediate gratification, that's something that we will get. Yeah. Blink and the blink and blink and it's a uh, draft blink. Yep. And it's the start of free agency blink. It's the start of training camp blink. It's the start of the season. Yep. You know, it's literally coming. It's going to be a few days before Christmas and we're already approaching Halloween. So it's, it's something that I think is going to be very fast paced. I, as an overall, uh, to cap off this episode, GM, I I want to say that it's really heartbreaking to see what happened to Daryl and to see the way that the marriage ended. And obviously, we know now we know with Maury getting hired so quickly by Philly, mm-hmm. she goes to show that this marriage ended badly. No matter how much they wanted to save face, no matter how much they said the notes, oh, I want to spend time with my family. Tillman says, I always gave him an op- I always gave him an opt out. I'm always gonna I'm gonna refer to Tillman like an idiot. I should probably talk like if i ever talk like him i'm probably gonna try to sound like elmer fudd or some shit mm-hmm. like that oh I, I gave him time all i, I gave him an opt-out clause if you wanted opt-out <laughs> you know no so i be- so i believe truly that the marriage had ended and it ended badly look bad on the city look bad on us um the steven silas has given higher has given me hope mm-hmm. it's giving me a reason to believe that maybe we have a shot here and uh i feel good hopefully we can get some signings hopefully we can trade eg Get 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 something something in return, yeah. And uh, resign Ben McLemore, resign Joe Green, um, and go guns a blazing. Sign Serge Ibaka, and hopefully we'll be good. GM, I wanted to ask how you feel about it. after all this, after this whirlwind of news that has happened in the past what seven seven or eight hours. How you feel now after kind of letting everything sink sink in for the last few hours? 
I'm bringing in some positive vibes. Trying to feel good. I feel good about the hire. I feel really good about it. I feel good about the possibilities and with a different face, a different GM. These agents probably might want to deal with Stone more because of the fact that he's new, a different face. He's not as tough as Maury. Who knows what Stone's got? We just, as long as he's got some stones to back up his Stone decisions. Stone ball era. Then we good. Yeah. But, um, you know, like in regards to the big picture, Silas was a great hire for what we needed um, for James. And, Best case scenario. Yes. I do think if he if he was the top choice, I completely agree with it, and we'll just have to run with it. We'll see what happens, but I'm very excited, um, feeling very positive, and with one signing, maybe two signings, this team will be different, and this team can compete, hopefully, and change the whole uh, dynamic and the cloud that has been hovering over the Rocket franchise for years, so maybe we can get over that hump. You know, you never know. It's a possibility. But we just got to take it one day at a time. Nothing, nothing better than uh, new things, right? You get a br- now you, brand new era, brand new GM, brand new coach. Like I said before, and I'll say it now, it is the uh, it is the Stone Silas era now in in Rockets basketball. Definitely a page turner and a big page turner at that. So thank you very much, GM. Thank you very much, GM, for joining uh, for joining once again uh, as being my co-host here. I really appreciate it uh, and giving your opinion. Your formula, your formulated, you are a formulated fact finder. <laughs> that is what you are. And uh, I pre- I appreciate you. So thank you very much, everyone, for just listening to us, giving list to us this episode. This is purely a reactionary episode that we wanted. I mean, literally, it was so funny. I I had texted the group and I texted the GM and I told him I was like, "Hey, we, Silas got hired." And then the GM literally said, "Man, we have to talk about this. We have to talk about this today." And I was like, yes. "All right." Okay, hang on. I'm going to get out of work soon, and then I'll come home, and we're going to talk about it. So I literally came home from work. I came home. I, I, I'm a teacher. I work at a school. Came home, you know, popped up the laptop, popped up the mics, and, you know, we were guns a-blazing here. So it was it was definitely fast and, and furious in that sense. So very, very, uh, very, very big change uh page turner here so i really appreciate that and i appreciate you gm and i appreciate all of y'all that have decided to uh come out and listen to us we appreciate y'all thank you very much and please 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 do not jump off the bandwagon just yet continue to support this team as long as james harden's on this rockets as long as james harden's on this rockets team you have a chance you have a chance you'll at the very least make the playoffs so this is a very exciting time in Houston sports and definitely want all of you guys to be a part of that. So please uh, give us a follow on at Summit State of Mind underscore pod uh, is our Instagram account handle. You can listen to us on Amazon Music, Spotify, and Apple Podcasts. We are across all three platforms as well as multiple other platforms as well. So you're welcome to listen to us through there. And with that said, please, 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 with this pandemic going on, make sure you are washing your hands. Make sure that you are staying so socially distant from each other make sure that you are wearing your mask take care of yourselves and most importantly take care of each other beards and brodies we'll see y'all next time the summit for, 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 for.